0: process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. HITRUST is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at hightrustalliance.net. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com.
1: And you are very welcome to a new episode of Redefining Security here on ITSP Magazine. I'm flying solo today, and uh, I'm going to fill up the time with goodness with two amazing guests. One's been on the show, another one has been on other shows new to ITSP Magazine. Rock. good to have you back on. Dutch, pleasure to meet you, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. And uh, listen, we don't have a lot of time. We got to get into this. And we're going to grade ourselves at the end. So quit messing around. Let's start talking security culture. Go.
2: Culture eats strategy <laughs> for breakfast. I mean, that's a, that's a, a, kind of a famous line from a legendary management consultant, Peter Drucker. And I'll just tag onto that, that, uh, I'll amend it to say culture eats all of the security controls that we could possibly put into place for breakfast. So, you know, culture by definition is the things that you are, not as you do. And, um, you know, I, I think we have to stop like just shoving like technical security controls down people's throats and um, start promoting like the culture from within, uh, aside from the technical controls, right? We have people, process, and technology. People I'm going to stop you there, for Rock. A reason. Yep.
1: I'm going to stop you there, Rock. And, I'm and Dutch. The thing you're about to say, don't, don't say it, say something else.
3: I, I think that. People, no, not
1: that something else.
2: <laughs> there's a
3: way to measure culture that makes it meaningful and you can do positive steps in a fashion that people can internalize. And we have to orient on those things for the average employee, not for the security team. Cause if we don't get every employee involved in making security part of the culture, we will fail. Full stop.
1: Nice. And uh, I, I was playing with you there a little bit. <laughs> you're probably wondering what the hell is this guy doing. No. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to put a little pressure on both of you and kind of take you from where you're wanting to go or thinking we were going to go. And uh, I don't know. I feel like that, that may be the, the role the CISO experiences or the, or the environment the CISO experiences all the time. What you're about to say, that's not what we're interested in. Say something different. Say something else. And uh, you're talking about controls in the context of culture. What does that even mean? So that uncomfortable, weird moment there now, let's mm-hmm. really get into this. because, I, I, And I know, Dutch, You, in one of your posts, you, you mentioned that a lot of people, CISOs in particular, say that, that culture is very squishy. Yes. And uh, with that, what's that blob look like? And is a big blob good or does is, is that blob, should, he, should it be small? Or <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, is, it, is it full I, of numbers or water? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, what is, what I, is, I is think it's that's, that's probably a, just
3: a generally good snapshot of where we are, right? So where we've come from is, and it's kind of ties to some degree to, 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 to Rock's comments, right, is that in, in, on average, an enterprise CISO today came up through the ranks and has the 10,000 hours. And there's an awesome, a lot, there's an awesomeness to that. Having said that, it doesn't always translate automatically or easily to the other parts of the business. And now that security uh, has made it to the adult table, you have to be able to articulate what the business initiatives are. You have to, to your own team, explain, well, what does this mean? Right? And so that when they're focused on XYZ project, which is, that you know commensurate with their skill and, and what they're focused on, it has to tie to something. And then more 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 objectively, it has to be able to drive culture. Right? We know from from George Finney's work that poor culture equals more breaches. That that's great work. That not poor security culture, poor culture equals more breaches. That should have been if you didn't need an alarm bell. That should be an alarm bell, right? That we have to rethink how we approach it. And Rock's right. I mean, you talk about co- controls. That's important, right? But that's important from a quantitative. I'm a you know sysadmin manager team lead that level. It's it's not that it's not important, but that's not how you articulate it to the business. And it's certainly not how you get people excited about doing culture because you have to get the CFO, the CMO, the CEO, the VPs of the lines of business. Everybody has to understand at a reasonable level what does this mean? And it can't be we do awareness. Awareness is awesome. I'm not saying don't do awareness. I don't want to have all my awareness friends yelling at me. That's not what I mean. That's but that's a piece of it, right? Awareness is
1: not understanding. Those are two different things. Yeah, and, and Rock, um, your thoughts on this, because I often joke that every company has a bug bounty program, whether they know it or not. And I'll, I'll equally say every company has a culture. It may not, be, may not be the one that they want. So talk to me a little bit about that, both company-wide and then also security culture.
2: Yeah, so just like, so culture in general, Right, it has to be driven from the top down. It has to be your organization's core values. and that and that needs to be defined by the board of directors on down. Board of directors, through the executive leadership uh, team, through the you know the VPs and the middle level managers all the way down to the individual contributor. And then it's got to tie back up, right? And then the individual contributor needs to understand are their contributions to the organization, security or not. Um, tie back up to the organizational goals and values as a whole. And it's the same thing with security culture. Um, It's got to be established from the board of directors on down, um, and then the individual contributor understanding what they're doing, whether they're on the security team or an accountant, um, contribute to that, and I'll I'll flip it to say culture of security, on back up, um, tying to the organizational uh, values, And, you know, what really makes it difficult, much like how there's no uh, agreed upon definition of of culture or what a good culture is, there's also no singular definition of what a good security culture is or cybersecurity culture is. Um, so, I mean, there are, I think, some some things that are maybe indicative of a strong culture within an organization that we can get into, but I, I definitely want to get Dutch's thoughts on that. Over. Yeah, So, I, Sean, I want to take
3: you back to yeah. your comment, right, about yeah. the uncomfortableness. Culture is not w- not necessarily what an executive might say who sits at corporate headquarters, right? Culture is what, you know, and Rock touched on this, right? It's what people perceive. It's what that person in Biloxi, Mississippi in the warehouse, it's what they say it is, right? So, so to bring those two things together, you can measure your culture. <laughs> and I would encourage people to do this because your chief people officer, your, your, those folks, do understand how to do this we've had models for 40 years on culture Well, the gap is that that many of the folks who are senior directors of security moving into CISO positions today didn't have a grounding in that depending on their background right so if you didn't have a business degree you don't have an mba it's not that's not a ding but but you maybe you would have caught it like rock and i did there but a lot of people didn't have that as a background of their training. The culture models exist. And and I could try out five of them. You can pick one. It doesn't even really matter because you can measure that and you can do uh, easy quiz questions on a day-to-day basis. And you can start to measure, Oh gosh, are we, we, we think we're consensus-based, but our people say we're actually pretty hierarchical and top down. We think we're collegial, you know, but our people actually say we're pretty directive, you know? And so you've got to be, um, you know, aware of that. And you just, it starts with, you just have to gather the data, right? There's a bunch of just general models. They're all great in terms of like, if you had to go grab something today, Kerry uh, Pearson and Kaman Huang from MIT have a great cybersecurity model for culture, um, values, attitudes, and beliefs. I'll just, you know, tell you, those are the three levers that are simple. People understand those and it ties to what Rock said, right? Values, attitudes, and beliefs. You don't change people's beliefs, but you can appreciate where they come from. Right. But so you can make it tangible. And so all the things that Rock said totally makes sense. We have to help that director of application security is going to take that CISO role. Now, how do I make that real? Like, what do I do with that? I'm nodding. I get it. Like, we've got to hand them matrix, you know, s- simple things that they can do not only to develop the culture upwards and tie into it, but candidly to help coach their people. Um, what does culture look like? Um, to take it away from that squishy blob and say, hey, here's five things that we think about, or maybe we start with three, you know, and we check ourselves and we check our people, not only our people, but the people, right, the actual stakeholders and make sure that we're on track because we're probably off track too. We think we're doing a great job in security and, and you know, the application folks are like, nah, not so fast, you know, because there's probably not been a great communication path historically there. Yeah.
1: And it's, from my perspective, it's it's how you live and breathe. And I I want your thoughts on this because I I put you both on the spot, right? Rock, go, Dutch, don't say what you're going to say. It's how you respond in moments of uncertainty and ambiguity that you then turn to your gut, where you're comfortable, what you've experienced comes back to play. And I feel that that's the moment where culture really is defined. And so maybe your thoughts on that. But also uh, the other thing I'm thinking here is that, Culture doesn't necessarily mean a great work environment. It may. It may be we care about our employees and our culture is one that supports them and protects them from burnout and gives them time off and we have a good balance, work-life balance. That may be the culture. But it may be very well defined as we are going to be competitive as hell we're going to be aggressive in this space. We're going to take the market by storm. We expect our employees to drive as hard as we want them to, to achieve those goals. And that may be the culture, right? And then following from the security perspective, you better be prepared for 247 nation state attacks, uh, whatever, whatever market. You might find some threats that you're facing as a security team that put you under pressure as well so it may be high pressure not necessarily good a good environment to work in so tell me a little bit about your experiences um because i know you've had both of you've had uh good runs at different places and, and and connect with lots of folks all over the place your experiences of how an organization translates what they want to achieve into how they want their people to act Touch.
3: Yeah. So for me, I'll, I'll, I'll juxtapose this, right? I was a military officer, right? So it's taught to us. We talk about it. We read history on it. And we, you know, and we, we, we fail and we read true we, and we try to do better. So I will tell you, it was probably one of the most jarring or off-putting things to move into civilian roles where I felt the lack of it. I couldn't have told you in advance, but whoo! I mean, it, like, wait a minute, we don't all sort of align on these things and not that and maybe we do, but like, we don't even talk about them. So what I was saying, it, it, the learning point from there is that I've been in cultures that were, again, it's not a good, bad thing kind of to both of your points, right? But I was, I've was i been in cultures where I knew what the culture was and it was talked about and I felt, I feel comfortable that generally everybody understood what the culture was and then we could align ourselves and then build our strategies, whatever our domain was to, to, to tie into that. I've been at other places where if you push me, you know, over a scotch, I don't know if I could tell you what the culture was. I could tell you how it felt to me at times, but I couldn't tell you three bullet points on the culture. And so that would be the first thing I'd say is just go figure out what your culture is. Not where you aspire to be. Where's the culture today? Right. And again, there's super simple things that you can do. There's a bunch of just questions and things you can ask. And again, you know, i lean on your talent officer, your people, officer, they, they understand this at a much greater level than I do, but what is your culture now? And Give, us,
1: give us an idea of what a couple of questions might be.
3: Um, how do you, how do you feel connected with other people who are outside of your group? Simple things like that to understand, are we, you know, not, it doesn't have to be aligned, but do you, do you, do you have people that you can talk to uh, when you get frustrated by a process? You know, there's simple things like that. Um, and if you tee those up, you can get a, a kind of, a, a, you know, some, some kind of feedback on where are we, right? Again, I mean, I think most places I've been think that there's a lot of consensus happening. And I think that sometimes that person in Biloxi, Mississippi would disagree, you know, and you just have to ask them those questions. You know, do you feel, I mean, do you feel listened to? Right. Do you, you know, when, when you disagree about a topic, does somebody actually listen to that and then take your opinion into account? Right. So that would tell you there's some, you know, bottom up. There's just like, you know, whole, there's like a slew of them, you know, but you could ask probably one simple one a day. And over some time, you get a good snapshot. And you'd feel we oh wow, this, you know, this uh, deputy CISO SO here is doing great. And the you know, VP of XYZ, oh, they we need to maybe just align them. And the way that you do that is through stories, right? You hold that up because people learn through stories, not through control mechanisms, not through charts. So the charts are for us to kind of like look at something and go back and forth on, is this where we wanna be? But the way they learn that is just like with our kids. So if I say once upon a time, right, every I'm gonna lean forward because now I'm, you've teed me up, right? You need to tell stories. So whatever your culture is in terms of town halls, I am whatever it is that you guys, however the executives connect with the people, you need to tell the stories there and you need to be explicit about, hey, uh, we've we've decided we really want to focus on culture and and around these couple of things. We're gonna start with assessing where we are. Hey, I come, I'm gonna come back to you and tell you, here's where we were, here's where we would hope to be, here's the two or three things that we're gonna do, but also um, I want to give an example of how Sean did this thing in the warehouse in Biloxi, Mississippi. That is a perfect example of you know consensus building because he went to the people in operations and he went to the people in finance and he figured out that this process had a lot of waste. And so we figured out a way around that. So you tell those stories, but in a human way. So so Sean goes, oh, cool. I was doing the right thing, right? Because to your point, Sean, that, that's the, the culture fills in the gaps, right? When, a, when an individual contributor or even a team lead doesn't exactly know what to do because there's not like a clear cut thing. And they make that decision, that decision you hope would align with the culture. But if they don't know... You, you kind of left them in a lurch, frankly, because they have to make a decision. They make the best decision. Probably they think they can, but they don't know. So that helps them guide them. You know, it just makes it simpler. So you don't have to have these long, tedious lists of things. You go, Hey, these are the three things. And like you said, Sean, it could be we're, we're you know, ultra competitive and we want to move from fourth to second. Okay. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows. So then we know, okay, I know where I need to get into the canoe to do that thing, or I'm going to go stand in the bank, you know, and wave to you guys and figure out where my exit strategy is in the best possible way, because maybe it doesn't align with, you know, where I want to be. So,
2: Yeah. Dutch alluded to this. It comes down to what Jocko Willing calls commander's intent, right? Yeah. Where, where culture is what your organization does when you're not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, I work for a e-commerce company, large e-commerce company uh, many years ago. But we all understood that it was all about the seller, right? Every decision that we made, we had to have the seller in mind, right? The um, The seller experience was paramount because the, the sellers were using the platform to make a living, feed their families, um, pay their bills. And you know, with the seller experience in mind, then we could have the buyer experience in mind as well because a better buyer experience leads to a better seller experience. And so we all understood that from the the product teams all the way down to the security guys who are trying to protect the whole the whole machine. Um, it comes down to commander's intent. Um, another time when I've seen really successful culture of security is where there's been a high level of trust within the organization uh, from employees all the way up to the leadership team, and down, right? And and I think it's a, it's Covey who says you know it's got like four, call them pillars or tenets of trust, which is integrity, intent, uh, capabilities, and results. And a high level of trust leads to the direct correlation between high level of trust within the organization, and and culture, and a strong culture.
1: How, how important is belief? in what you're trying to achieve, and perhaps maybe even sprinkled with some inspiration or charisma <laughs> to, uh, to be part of what we're trying to achieve. Is that important in this, or no?
2: I, I think your ability to get behind the mission, um, I, I don't know if that necessarily drives to an organizational culture. If you're, not, if you're not in a role or at a company where you don't believe in the mission, you shouldn't be at the company. Right, so that's more of a a personal accountability thing.
1: What if you're yeah. the only one, you're the only one that can do it, and they pay you a sh- sh- shitload?
2: <laughs> right. Well, saying, well, then I mean, then the- you put extrinsic value above intrinsic value, right? And and yeah. um, at, at some point, though, my experience—I mean, both personally and what I've seen uh, across my entire career—is eventually that extrinsic value, that monetary value, that that that's great, but. You know, your, your stress levels and your mental health, like, uh, erode away to, to the point where that monetary value, it's not worth it anymore. And you bounce.
3: Some people have to pay the mortgage, though, Rock. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. to be fair, right? I mean, if I'm starting out and I'm making a career transition, I was a single parent, I'm, you know, I'm breaking in. I'm transitioning from the military, whatever it might be. I mean, sometimes you have to have a jobby job, right? And so there, I think what you can do as a, as a good leader is you can be aware that, hey, look, you know, I wish or I would aspire that the overall culture of this company has 20,000 people and I have 20 people, right? But you can still take care of your people. You can do your part of that, right? And so yeah. I'm sure you guys have experienced I have where I wouldn't necessarily say I love the overall culture, of the organization, because I've been at some really large ones as well. Um, but my team had a good culture. Right. And so that's the leadership. I mean, it can be team lead, manager, whatever. And I would just say that. So I mean, it's it's OK, like because I think sometimes um, I we have to go back to like, well, right. I, but I'm I'm a manager. And I don't have twelve people. Right. And I can't tell the CEO and the board what to do No, But you can take care of you and your people right? As much as you can, right? And so I agree with you. I Ideally, Rock, it's, it's extrinsic and intrinsic lineup, but sometimes it's that's just not the ground truth. It's not the the way it is for that mm-hmm. individual. So, but that team lead, that manager, that director, they can make their portion of it be as good as you possibly can be. Hey, on our team, this is what we, right? We agree on these three things. This is what we do. This is how we, you know, balance workload. This is how we look after each other. This is how we, we, we do, we are, you know, and so I think, just we should keep that in mind too—that we don't always get to be the sea level and make those choices. We got to make sure that we're doing things at the, the team level that they feel like they can, they actually have an impact. And, and I agree—you've got to understand and believe. I think Sean to your question, right? Um, w- what the thing is that we're trying to accomplish, right? So, the the military is really strong in this, and I think that there there's a learning point without being grandiose that you need that on teams too, right? Because Americans, particularly based on our psychology, if we don't understand our piece of the overall puzzle uh, and what two levels above us are going to do, which is where commander's intent comes from, right? Um, Then it's very hard for Americans in particular to buy in because of our psychology. We really want to believe in the thing that we're doing. And all the evidence that I see um, is that that will continue. So, you know, uh, Rock and I have gray, gray hair. I mean, people under the age of, you know, at a younger age are, I mean, sustainability dei are you doing the right things this is really really i mean i look at my oldest star you know is, is about to turn 18. that's important to them and so we have to keep an eye on that as well that if you can and talk about that consistently candidly transparently as much as you can you know then it helps people understand well gosh i, I see where i fit in i see what what i do in accounting or right out of you in sales or what i do in um in the sock Right. Matters. It matters. Not just to me, but it matters to the whole. And that's super important, I think, to get people. I hate to I don't like the word buy in because it sounds very slick. But to get people to to, to understand, did I do a good job today? <laughs> did what? Because some days it's hard. On hard days, it's really hard. To, you know, unless you have a really black and white kind of, you know, checkbox job. Sometimes it's hard to go home and go, did I do a good job today? And when you're 22, you need to know that.
1: Yep. So me about that, I'm, I, I'm a program manager at heart, so I look at everything like a project. And I'm wondering, can culture be managed like a project? Does it have a set of requirements and, and the timeline and milestones? And do you do stand-up <laughs> calls every day to say, we're on track to achieve our mission for our culture? Can you can it, can it be treated like a project? I think so.
2: Rock, do you have any, do you want to go first? I've never really thought about it that way. So no, I don't want to go first. (laughs) Um,
3: I think the answer is yes, because you like, so let's start with a model, right? Just pick one. It almost doesn't even matter. Right. But if we don't have a process and we don't have measurements, we're just fooling around. Right. So pick a model. Right. And then, be empirical, just gathered evidence first, just gather data. So where, where are we relative to the model that we decided that we're going to pick that we think is simple and we can make an impact and then go, okay, well, huh, now we got information. You know, now we have data. Maybe we can turn that information. And then you can imagine as a project, you say, Hey, like in this spectrum, we want to be more consensus building relative to the axis which says that it's hierarchical. We just push things down. Let's just take it. That is a simple one of the axes, right? And you start to measure that. And today maybe we're at 2.8 based on what the people say and you measure that you measure that based on you know town halls or interactions or whatever those are but also just questions you can do a a daily question i've been at companies we do daily questions i don't always see the results of those but i can understand what those are feeding into and then you talk about them so in that kind of a culture then on a monthly or quarterly meeting you say hey um we went from 2.8 and we're moving we're making steps we're at 3.1 guys we really want to get to four You know, just as an aspiration, but here we are. And then maybe you move up and down and you say, "Whoa, gosh, that was a rough quarter, you know, whatever. Maybe there's external factors or whatever. But you can absolutely, from my perspective, I've seen it managed that way. And I think you can do what I would call sort of internal CSAT, right? We CSAT customers, CSAT your own people. I mean, they're they're your customers from my perspective, right? So I, I think you can. And I think it would be very, it's powerful when you can have different teams say, Hey, I'm trying to align on this thing, and you're trying to align on this thing. How do we? It's those uncomfortable conversations where you know you're not quite aligned, but the culture will see you through. We can agree to disagree if we can go. Okay, well, I see this is this is
1: where we need to move.
3: So I, I think the answer is yes.
1: And Rock, do you, do you feel that? I, I keep envisioning. Okay, you start asking the employees these questions, and you either get. A, short, terse responses that have no, no substance to them, or there's just no participata- participation at all, which in itself is a sign of the culture, right? Yeah. Uh, or, or you get what they think you want to hear as a response um, because they think they're going to be judged on how they feel. So how, how do you, I suspect both of you have experienced this, how, how do you move through some of those challenges, um, assuming that exists?
2: And, uh, and I, I think it's important, and, and, and I know Dutch is a proponent of this, as leaders, we need to work on emotional intelligence, having emotional intelligence as leaders, because I think that is what allows us to have the appropriate amount of empathy and insight into the people that we're leading to be able to suss that out, right? So be able to suss out, okay, is that answer they're giving me really honest and complete? Is it BS? Is it what they, you know, tell me what I think I want to hear? Um, you know, because I know what makes this individual tick, and I know we didn't achieve any of those during this quarter, yet they're giving me this answer. Something doesn't connect. I need to go dig a little deeper. Um, I think emotional intelligence, um, there will help us a long way. And, you know, building, you know, building that emotional intelligence helps us in so many other aspects of leadership. Particularly from an empathy standpoint, from being able to read other people's uh, minds, bodies, emotions standpoint, um, to really get to the bottom of the of the issue. Yeah, I, I think that we have to have more
3: um, conversations, and where we have whatever data and information that we do have, right? So, so rocks. You know, throwing out some great ones already. Right? So in the same way that I, that I can tell you that based on George's research that you're three times more likely to have a breach if you have a poor culture, however we define poor right In this case it was Glassdoor in case anybody's curious that's how we, that's what he uses as a simple way of measuring it in comparative sense right because it's comparative for the um, you, you have to have those kinds of, of pieces of information too because if you do have people who trend towards analytical and trend towards data, you need to have that right So you need to say Let's, look the research shows, And there's now a body of 25 years of research that emphatically shows that a better culture, however we define better, right? A better culture is um, higher revenue, more resiliency, meaning the company's still there 10 years later, significantly higher shareholder returns. Okay, so wow. So now you've checked off the the board's interested, right? The executive's interested. What else? Well, it it leads to better um, hiring and retention, Okay. Wow. Now you're not, now you're done. Yeah. Now you're the next level down. Right. And what else does it lead to? It leads to people saying, I feel better and more connected with the, because the three of us work together. Right. So now you have the employees, right? So culture is absolutely a driver towards the business, you know, and you have to be able to explain that. You have to say, look, EQ is two and a half more times likely to predict your success here than your IQ. That's what the research shows. And we have to have, and again, so that's the stuff to Rock's point that could be done one on one. It could be in a small team meeting. It doesn't have to always come from the CEO or from the CISO, but everybody's got to be able to have, you know, internalize it and talk about it in a way that helps onboard people and helps them understand that this is actually really important to us, right? Because the evidence is um, having 5,000 vendors, and, I, and I've worked at many, many vendors, so it's not knocking vendors, but um, that has not solved our problems, guys. <laughs> I think a lot of different frameworks so far, not really solved our problems. Have a lot of control mechanisms so far, not really solved our problems. We just
1: need that one more framework.
3: <laughs> we need to, absolutely. That, that I mean, them all. we <laughs> should just do one right after the show and come up with another <laughs> matrix. And again, I mean, think tongue-in-cheek because they're all, they have utility. But as a direction, the evidence would say that has not really moved the needle, right? So we've got to lean into emotional intelligence. We have to lean into Everybody has to get engaged or we cannot win this fight. Like you just can't, I don't, you don't have enough security people. We don't have enough tools. There's never going to be enough of those things. We've got to fundamentally rethink this. And, and to your to your opening and, uh, and, and Rock touching this, right? Uh, Cause you're right. I was going to say something as soon as he started talking, people process the technology. Absolutely. Right. It's a, it's a great way to have a conversation. But the other piece of that is leadership, strategy, culture. And it's those three that will unlock the people process technology. You've got to. We've got to get you know, oriented on that. And in candor, security is nascent relative to the other domains, and we should take a page and learn from them. There's a paper written in 1981 that says should CIOs essentially. It says should CIOs be um, admins or should they be people managers? Wow, does that sound familiar <laughs> from 1981? Okay, so we can learn from other, and that's sometimes too a thing that security. Like any domain, like we were like, oh, this is what we do in finance. This is, you know, we're all any any group is is guilty of insular thinking like that. We got to go look at other stuff
2: and say, what do we do to break down these barriers? Because because we got to do better. So, are you telling me that this year's NIST CSF update is it going to solve all our problems? Oh uh, man, my my, <laughs> my
3: my NIST people are going to yell at me. <laughs> Done. <laughs> No, but you have to, like, pick and choose, right? I mean, time and energy, like, it's your most valuable resource that we have with our people. So, I mean, pick a couple 100% things, right? percent right? Pick a couple <laughs> things because you got to have things to orient on, right? But don't presume that those are going to solve the problem. They're not going to solve people solve People solve problems, not matrices. Right? It's great. You know, it's sort of like we talk about, you know, you do those so that you can try to quantify whatever is yep. quantifiable. But at the end of the day, our job is about – quality and about people. So we've got to just get better. I I just want to see the next generation, right? Uh, Because I've had directors be like, I didn't learn any of this stuff in college. I'm like, right, it's because you're, no, I mean, it's because that's not what you were studying. It's it's okay. But the models are out there. Trust me, they're out there. They're not that hard, right? We just have to start talking about this. Hey, let's orient on culture. What's your strategy? I could ask that question of a lot of folks and I'm not going to get a real solid answer, Sean. I'm going to get a lot of security nerdy stuff. Right? right. And I'm going to get like metrics and stuff. And by the way, I love that. I mean, I actually like,
1: you Oh, know, you need those too. Is that you I, can't right, trade? Like,
3: trade one absolutely. It's fun to talk about, but, but that's not probably fun for the other, you know, the other VPs, the other people to talk about. It doesn't engage right. them. Right. We got to just, so, so we got to kind of lead the way there too and help give our people what are the stories? What are the sound bites? What are the little you know bits and pieces that you can grab onto to help you understand? Hey, you're a manager. Are you talking to managers in other departments right now? Because you should be, and I don't mean yeah. just the devs. I mean like the rest of the departments. Okay. They're like, yeah, talk to IT and dev. You're like, no, okay, cool, awesome. Let's get farther.
1: Yep. You know? I like where you're going with this, Dutch. And so, in the last uh, few moments here. Maybe it's a a fast round of tips because what I really want to focus on is you said lead. So that Mm -hmm. leadership level, which is kind of in the middle and looking at strategy. So culture, hard, hard to get your hands wrapped around. Tactical, we're already deep into it, right? So that, that strategy level, how does a leader share down, pull up, share up and pull down, (laughs) So, some, some best practices, a few tips in, in any of those directions as a leader to ultimately drive culture. But let's start maybe with the, the strategy.
2: You know, I, I, I think I'll say that number one, it's understanding your audience. Because, like the Dutch point, Dutch's point, some will really eat up the analytics. Some will really eat up, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years and this has been my experience in the storytelling uh, version of it. And just like you know, like uh, well, the Broncos are are hiring a new, or just hired a new coach, and you know one of the questions at his press conference is, um, you know, how much are you going to lean on analytics? And his response was effectively, well, analytics is a part of the game, I value it, but it's not the entire game, right? And and there is uh, room in this world for both, and I think it really starts with understanding the audience to be able to craft the message and the stories accordingly. Both pulling up, pulling up, and then pulling down. Um, You know, sharing what your team's concerns are upwards, and then sharing the organizational goals, missions, um, and insights downwards to your team. Yeah, so I think,
3: Sean, if I understood your question, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to map what, what I, I heard, I, I think I heard Rock say, right? So depending on where you are and what level you are, and again, maybe you have 20 employees, maybe you have one, maybe you have 20,000, right? But there's a couple of things that you can just orient on and you can figure out where you your piece of it is, right? So the, the, the vision is where we're headed. The mission is why are we doing this thing, right? And then we can align a mission, okay? The next down is strategy. In big, bouncy terms, how are we going to do the things that we do? And then at the bottom, if we were building the pyramid, is tactics, Sean, which is what you just mentioned, right? That's the what, okay? And Steve Katz says, we're really going to talk about the what. We're really going to talk about that because it's concrete. It's tangible. We probably trend from uh, analytical backgrounds, right? Okay, that's fine. That is the base. But you, So I think the middle, Sean, to answer your question is the strategy piece, and that's how are we going to do that? So you need to give your folks just enough guardrails so that they have leeway that they can make decisions, but they know where their left and right boundaries are. And by the way, and the other teams know where their left and right boundaries are, right? And so strategy is the how. And so depending on where you are in that strategy or tactical mix, rate, right? you may not to get set the, the vision. You may not to get set the mission. That's, you know, unless you're the you're rock, right? And you're the owner, right? <laughs> but, but you can impact strategy and you can impact tactics. And if you're really at the tactical level, that's okay. Then you should be pushing up and going, okay, so which piece of the strategy can, can, you know, does what I do fit into? And those, those are a simple way of articulating that up, down, left, and right to everybody.
1: And is it a safe, uh, I hate to make assumptions, but if you're at the tactical level, uh, the culture should uh, make it comfortable to share up for, as opposed to waiting for the leader to query Hey, what's going on here? How how what is what you do work toward achieving the strategy, that's working toward the mission and vision.
3: Yeah, in lieu of the guidance, you should create it, right? Again, to as best as you can from where you are, and then maybe I take that to Rock, and Rock's like, ooh, uh, yeah, these two things I am with, but this third thing, I don't know if we can invest the time and resources this year, and then that will hopefully trigger a conversation that hasn't already occurred for him then to share with me, right? But you've gotta, if you don't have it. Put it on a freaking napkin put it on a whiteboard I mean just start that because that will trigger the conversation and then rock and you know Sean you can redirect me if I you know if yeah. one of my three things isn't you know what it was supposed to be but but take it leadership doesn't require you to have a title and so you can manage the piece that you can manage right purpose direction mentoring motivation right and you can manage those things if you have two people or 20 or two thousand doesn't matter right so take the piece you, you have to have ownership right mm-hmm. Hopefully the culture says that, but even if it doesn't, to Rock's point, you can take ownership.
2: Because yep. you'll feel better.
3: You'll feel intrinsically better yep. if you take ownership of what you can reasonably own and impact. You'll be more charged up. You'll your people, if you manage people, will be more excited and engaged. They'll ask you questions, like, oh my God, I didn't think about it that way. And then that'll cause you to, you know, retune the messaging. Um, and then you go, you know, socialize it with three other departments. And then finance is like, I don't know if I really understand that. And you're like, ooh okay, that didn't land. Let me try again. And
2: so, you, yeah, wherever you are, you just got to start the process. And then that's as a speak. leader, right, if Dutch comes to me and I'm like, mm, yeah, that's not really what I meant, I have to have the humility to say, I haven't done a good job communicating commander's intent downstream and providing those guardrails. So how do I fix that? How do I better communicate that? Right? Because Dutch is just trying to do, the right thing, obviously I haven't communicated as a leader what the right thing is, not Dutch is a screw-up and he just doesn't get it, right? So that's how toxic cultures form, and that's maybe another podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: I'm sure there'll be a lot of folks wanting to join that one. Um, <laughs> well, I'm I'm super glad to hear that uh, technology is going to solve this problem for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait! Oh, no, frameworks. You, you didn't. You didn't say. You didn't say frameworks. <laughs> no. no that, that, I mean, as long as humans are in the mix, we have to deal with the human element, and uh, the human element is driven by the culture that either is created for them or that they create. And I think we all, what I'm hearing, and honestly, I'm not in being a stupid ass, is that we have an we have an opportunity to help shape that and be part of it if we're asked to as well so um Rock and Dutch this was fun appreciate uh, yeah, it was awesome appreciate yeah, you guys doing this well, yeah I'm
2: thanks this.
1: And thanks everybody for listening to this episode uh you'll have a chance I'm gonna put a ton of links in the show notes for this three posts and uh some resources that Dutch and Rock provided and uh Good steps to get uh, get started. So, thanks everybody. Thanks, Rock. Thanks, Dutch. Thanks.
0: thanks. Hey, good talking. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at Imperva.com. HITRUST is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at hightrustalliance.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.